Get out the big bow, at least for this week, and place it on an HRV, CRV, and on Rach's fave, the pilot. Any Keller bow will do, because the real surprise is the Rorick Advantage savings that you get for purchasing a Rorick vehicle of any kind. Free state inspections, oil changes, pickup and delivery, and car loaners for the lifetime of the car. Visit Rorick.com for all of your vehicle needs. And now, we start the Yajaga podcast from... The office of the county executive, Rich Fitzgerald. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word jagoff. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jagoff! Or someone scares the out of you. Yeah, jagoff! Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jagoff? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richard. Hey, it's Rick Sivak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jagoff Podcast. So this is the You Jag Off podcast, and if you're listening for the very first time, we would appreciate that you hit the subscribe button. If you're over on Apple iTunes, we'd appreciate you say something nice so we could show our parents that you think we're productive people of society. And uh, this is usually where we talk about what was on the blog, but we're not even going to do that right now. It just because, doesn't matter. You know, this is our first podcast of 2023, and uh, it's a special one. And because... Amy is our dear friend. I emailed her after I saw that one of my, seriously, you all know, one of my favorite people, Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald, uh, was named Pittsburgher of the Year. And to me, that is a prideful thing. So I hurried up and emailed her and said, could we talk to him also? And here we are. So it doesn't get right. any better than that. So Rich, the height of your career on the podcast called You Jag Off. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. It gets no better. I've, I've been told that, yes. One of my favorite things about you is that when we first told you what we were, there was no like backpedaling. It wasn't like, oh boy, you were willing to talk no matter what. That's what I think you do. You embody Pittsburgh. You always did. You took everything in stride. My biggest thing, and I, I, this was my takeaway from the Pittsburgh Magazine article, was that it doesn't matter what the event was. You were there. Did you kind of learn that cadence as you went? Or was it something that you kind of set out in the beginning? Like, I want to be in the community as much as possible. Well, I think uh, I try to embody what Pittsburghers are. and what I think Pittsburghers at our core are we're hard workers. Mm-hmm. We're people that show up every day and go to work. Um, and in this job that I have, there's a whole lot of things that you're required or, or requested to be at. Sure. Community events. Um, meetings, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a big county, as you know, um, 130 municipalities, 43 school districts, and and many, many, many neighborhoods. And trying to get to all those events, number one, I think is important, not just for the person who holds the office, but for the people in that community. Uh, The people in that community want to know that their elected officials number one, care about them enough to come to their events, to meet with them and talk to them, hear their suggestions, their complaints, whatever it might be. So I've taken that to heart and um, tried tried to live up to that. You did. Rich, Job well done. You know, I try to um, I try to live a, a life of no regrets. Not that you know, just in. I guess when you go and look at your twelve year history as only the third uh, county executive, first of all, I, I do have a question about that. But when you live a life of no regrets, like, is there anything you say like, "Wow, I wish I, I wish in twelve years I could have accomplished this one thing"? Is there any? Is there, or is that like asking a parent their favorite child? It's a little bit like 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 doing that, but but yeah. obviously there's always a lot of work to do. Yeah, 
we have an older industrial area with a lot of needs, infrastructure needs, roads, bridges, water lines, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of communities that were left behind by the deindustrialization that occurred in the you know 80s, 90s, et cetera, when the factories, the mills closed. Um, and some of those communities haven't come back. Some of them are robust, things that are going well. When you think about neighborhoods like East Liberty and Lawrenceville, uh, but then you think about you know some of the I'll call them further away ones that aren't as close to Oakland and downtown Pittsburgh or the North Shore or South Side um, places like Tarentum and Duquesne and Glassport and Liberty and Lincoln and places like that that you know uh, we've got this great economic turnaround that's really occurred and we're very proud of that but I would like everybody to participate in that and there still have been some people that. Um, have been left behind and, and, and need those connections to the economic opportunities that are here. And does that take, like, we're involved in a project in Aetna with the 51st uh, Street, Bridge Street. Uh, yeah. thing. And does it take a private developer to kind of go back and look at these kind of communities? Is it part of your staff and your job to kind of let them know, here's a community over here. I don't want to say it in the demeaning way it's cheap rent it's a place you could go develop it and be the cornerstone of the community is is that part of what you think your the job is as well well i, th I think part of that job is to try to make those connections okay. um and and you know i've heard the complaint you know why are you putting everything in the strip district or lawrenceville or oakland uh you know whether it's google or facebook or whoever it might be because that's where they want to be right. yeah so as elected officials we don't have a magic wand to say okay google you're going to move to Clareton. You're going to move to Tarentum. They want to be where the universities are. They're going to be where their market is. Just like a, 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 the jobs around cargo and freight are going to happen near the airport because that's where that activity is, mm -hmm. is occurring. So you try to make the improvements or help make the improvements in places that you want. But you mentioned about a developer. It's not just a developer. It's not just the public sector. It's, it's a lot of people coming together and working together. Our foundation community, we're really blessed right. here with a philanthropic community that we have. Our universities have yeah. really done a lot of outreach into places that are further away from their, their campus. And I think of a place like Richland Township that Eden Hall, that Chatham has yes. put a campus up there in that community. So these things occur, but they take a lot of, they take a lot of work and a lot of collaboration. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy to do. It just seems also that like some communities, their leadership doesn't necessarily see what they, like I look at Sharpsburg and Millvale and Aetna, they seem to kind of get it, right? You know, they're even if they're building in Millvale around Mr. Smalls, they're building a community out there. And some communities like mine where I grew up, they don't necessarily get it quite yet, even though they're close proximity to the city. And I think it's a matter of getting good leadership like we've had with you. You have that vision to kind of go seek out helpers and influencers. Let's make it clear, like though, that, that he's my favorite person, not yours. This was, <laughs> this was my decision to come in here, not John's. But I really want to go backward in, in about the 50,000-foot level. I still don't know, as a Pittsburgher my entire life, or a Western Pennsylvania person all my life, how did we get from steel to where we are now? That's a great like, question. Yeah. Was it the universities? That, I think I've heard you present this somewhere along the way. Was it the universities that said, oh my gosh, we need to do this? Was it business? Was it politicians? How did this, how did we get this turnaround? Well, I think a lot of it was the technology coming out of our universities. Okay. Um, you, you have you know, giant ed education and medical facilities like Pitt, CMU, 
UPMC, that have really generated an awful lot of research and development on their campuses, in their facilities. And one of our challenges has always been to keep them here once they develop it. Right. Uh, don't just take these great ideas and move it somewhere else in the country or in the world and do it here. I think we've been doing a better job of, of keeping that. The other thing that happened about a dozen or so years ago, maybe a little longer than that, is the discovery of Marcellus Shale, the, uh, the actual yeah. energy. Mm -hmm. We've become the second largest energy producing state in the country behind Texas. That has generated a tremendous amount of wealth that has been brought into the into this region. Um, while it doesn't necessarily come in, you don't think about it in places like the city or Lawrenceville, but a lot of those people have generated a lot, awful lot of jobs and a lot of uh, work in those in those areas. So you've got a lot of factors that have come together. I think the other thing, John, that I'd have to say is we've diversified yes. our economy. Mm -hmm. We used to be mm -hmm. all about steel and heavy manufacturing, and now we're a little bit of everything, energy, robotics, finance, chemistry, movies. We make yeah. a lot of movies here. I mean, there's a lot of economic generation that occurs with all the movies and the television shows, the documentaries. It's a, a, a huge industry that, is, that has happened here. Tourism. I mean, we've seen a lot more because of our rivers and the quality of life and the yeah. things that we have. Here. So you have a little bit of everything so that when one thing fails or has a couple of down years, we're not dependent and we're not devastated. I the see, way yeah. when steel, when when the change occurred in heavy manufacturing and we had all our eggs in one basket, it really, yeah. we, we, we learned a little bit about diversifying. And again, these universities that have generated so much of the robotics, of the life sciences, of the artificial intelligence, um, it, it's just generated a tremendous amount of opportunities. And it's also brought in all these young people. I was just going to say diversity. Yeah. People yes. from uh, the Hispanic community, the Asian American community mm -hmm. that have come here, and these 25 and 28 and 30 year olds discover Pittsburgh, and they've brought a whole new infusion of energy right. uh, into this region. Well, and I think even knowing, having gone to school at Pitt in Johnstown, coming back here—not that it was far—it's you know a stone's throw from Western PA. But coming back here, that was not the norm. Everyone would, at least in my generation, you went away to college and then you sort of figured out where you stayed from there. You didn't come back. But we're seeing that a lot more because of how we've grown. From that standpoint, do you see, you know, from the diversification, from the technology changes and things like that, what is something that shocked you the most to say, wow, it was like this 12 years ago and look at it now? Sort of like the biggest change that you weren't expecting. I, I, well, the, the thing that hits me probably the most is my old neighborhood where I grew up of Garfield. Um, as a kid or as even as a young adult driving down Penn Avenue through Garfield from, say, Negley Avenue all the way down to where So the development of it, you mean? Okay. The energy, the development, okay. the, the, again, the, a lot of the young energy yeah. uh, that is being built around there. East Liberty's another neighborhood, yeah. uh, having been you know in that neighborhood, kind of grown up in that area. To see all these things occur and just to just look around and say, wow, this, yeah. this, this is a really vibrant place to be. Um, I think those things have, 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 you know, kind of surprised me uh, a little bit. Um, but a lot of it, I think, you know, we, we, it's been a gradual, steady move. And it's funny when people show up in, in Pittsburgh that haven't been here for yes. a while. It's like, wow, you guys are an yeah. overnight sensation. Yes. Yeah, we're an overnight sensation that's taken 40 years to get yes, here. You know, right. it's, a, yeah. it's a long overnight, but yeah. uh, but it's it's a change and it's, uh, 
it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's you, good to hear. You are at the helm of it. You're the third person to be the ex- Allegheny County Executive, which is interesting. I go back to remembering kind of when there were three commissioners. So two things in that I my observation would be is we benefit by you being in business and coming to then lending your skills to the county executive office and elected office. Are um, are we better? I think we are better off than the three commissioners. How did that, you know, how does that change things? Seems like we're more streamlined to get things done. And then go back by to, having a county by executive, having a county executive okay. versus the three commissioners. And then when you go to it, I understand people make fun of like long time, uh, lifelong politicians. But I also understand that when you're in something, when you're a surgeon and you're in all your life, you're really good by the time you're doing your millionth surgery. So there are some skills and nuances that you learn. Are you better off being a, a career politician? Are you better off the 50-50 that you are? Or, or does it just depend on the person? I think it really depends on the person. Yeah. But you, you actually brought up kind of two points yes, I there that I, that I want to hit on. <laughs> and, and Rachel, being a young person, might not remember those days. <laughs> but when we had, the three, we had the three county commissioners, as you yes. said, yeah. and then you had the mayor of the city of Pittsburgh. So you had like four people that were kind of yeah. all wanted to be in charge. Yeah. And what was happening is there was a lot of fighting over that power struggle and things weren't getting done. So the powers that be, including some of those county commissioners, Tom Forster and others, decided we would be better off with one leader, one central person, the county executive position that they created. And the voters then went to, re- we went to referendum and the yep. voters voted right. to, pr- to put this position in place. And I will say that for the first three uh, county executives, I think it has worked because it has centralized, as you said, John, the decision-making, the leadership of the region, so that the corporate community, the universities, the labor unions, all the stakeholders that we work with know where to go. Yeah. You know, because they didn't know which county commissioner to talk to before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got this position that we've created um, to be able to make deals, to be able to make the business case to this company that's looking to locate in Ohio or Florida or Michigan or Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh. Right. And this person can pull all of those things together. I'm hopeful we have a Jim Roddy, we've had Dan Honorado and now myself. So it's 24 years, um, three people. Uh, I hope that the next person, you know, gets that really what the job is about. It's not all that partisan around some of the social issues you see fought up in Washington and Harrisburg. It's really about economic growth, quality of life, and, and, and infrastructure, and keeping keeping things moving in, in a good direction. Mm-hmm. And as far as- Oh, back to you, I didn't answer yeah, your other yeah. question. Yeah. You, I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I, th- I, I will tell you that, that it has benefited me coming from the private sector. Yes. Um, raising a family, paying mortgages, putting your kids through the- school system, all those kind of things that we all kind of learn, you bring those experiences into the government that, that you're part of. I also was very blessed in that I got to serve 12 years on county council as a part-time person that was lower profile so I could make my mistakes without anybody really kind of <laughs> focusing on it so yeah. that by the time I got into this job, I, I had a little bit of knowledge of the political realm right. as well as the business realm. It was a good mix everyone's going to come from a different path and do it a different way. But your point is well taken. You know, whether you somebody to come and fix your plumbing or do your electricity or work on your, your heart, you want somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Right. This thing about, we don't want anybody who knows anything about politics and we put them in charge. 
Yeah, right. Makes me a little nervous. Right? You would never do that yeah, in yeah, any other. Right. You wouldn't That's hire right. somebody to do your taxes who never <laughs> right. was around books before right. or you right. know, whatever. That's I could get exactly. that. And I guess for someone who wouldn't know, just tell everybody, where did you come from? Like, what was your background before you became the county executive? Well, I'm, 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 first of all, I'm a Pittsburgher. You don't get this accent without... <laughs> Without working on it for for sixty years, you do it well. Um, you know, grew up in a, went to Catholic schools as a, as, a, as a kid, as I said, in Garfield, St. Lawrence, O'Toole, on to Central Catholic for four years, on to Carnegie Mellon. Uh, the thing I was probably better at math than English, so I went into engineering. I became a mechanical engineer. Um, had to move away in '81 because there were at least I wasn't offered any jobs in '81. Right. The jobs that where I were offered were all out of town. Took a job in, in Illinois, um, worked there for a little over a year, almost two years, and kept trying to come back, but they weren't hiring. So I took what I learned in the business, in the company that I worked for, and started my own company back here in Pittsburgh. Um, and luckily for me, it, it worked and, 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 and it did well. And I ended up marrying my college sweetheart. And, you know, this would be 40 years at the end of this year that, that we've, been, we've been married and eight kids later. And I, I, I want to do things that help this place, and mm-hmm. I wanted to use whatever skills that I learned in business, that I learned in sales, that I learned in marketing, to be able to help market this right. job or this right. region. I don't think I could ever yeah. re- retire. I don't think my wife could ever retire. She works all the time, and yeah. so I, I don't know what that's going to mean. Um, but I want to stay involved and do things that can that can be beneficial um, to the community. Uh, it's. Uh, it's been fun, but I don't think I have it in my DNA or in my uh, disposition to just sit around and you know maybe golf or I mean I'll go golfing, but yeah. I don't think I could do it every single day. I guess yeah. is the best way. To Not do that it. traditional <laughs> sense of retirement. I hate the candid cliche answer of you know what did you learn? You were here for twelve years. I love what I gather and what I've learned as as I've sort of accumulated years is that you took your experience, you brought it here as best you knew how, and you grew from it. What experience are you going to take with all of the changes? I mean, think about it. You survived. I don't have to tell you. You survived a pandemic. You survived. You know, one of the biggest changes of you know what our technology looked like. The fact that Pittsburgh is now literally recognized as a as a um, healthcare or a health town. People are coming here for technology. They're coming to our universities because of our healthcare. What what is your takeaway from here that you didn't expect, right? It's that whole maturation process and now you're leaving. What are what is your biggest takeaway for now? Well, the one thing I did probably thought that when when you are quote unquote in charge, um, you could just get anything done that you wanted to and that's not the case. Yeah, that's a great uh, point. No matter what job or what role you have, you need to form coalitions, you need to form partnerships, and you need a team of people to help get things done. And I don't just mean the team that work for you or work under you, but the the community groups out there, again, our labor community, our our philanthropic community, the business community, the tech councils, the neighborhood groups. You've got a whole lot of stakeholders that sometimes have different ideas or different goals as to where they want to to move this region. Um, And you really need to just form really strong partnerships um, both in government and government, obviously on many levels, you got the federal government that we have to work with. You have the state government that you work with, and you work with all the various local governments, school boards, borough councils, all the things that that come about with that. So there's an awful lot of stakeholders that have uh, to be brought along, and and if we're going to reach a goal of making the place better, 
making the opportunities better, keeping people here because they want to be here right. um, and, and, and they have an opportunity to be here. Uh, it takes a lot of work and nobody, no matter how powerful the position is, including this one, which is the most powerful in Western Pennsylvania, you still need a lot of stakeholders. You can't do it by yourself. What did you learn? I'm sorry. I know you have, but this is sort of another. Okay. Let me just jump in real quick. Get in. Um, Get it's in the same, along the same lines. What, what did you learn about from a political you know, standpoint, not being a groomed politician, coming in and serving three terms and figuring out how all the inner workings, right? How did you learn how to agree to disagree? Was that a hard thing to do, especially politically? Because let's face it, and this is my opinion, not yours, coming into politics now is so different than it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. What's what's your takeaway on that? Well, the one thing you have to learn to do is compromise. Yep. You're, you're probably never going to get 100% of, of what you think you think you need on, on any given project. So um, be, again, being able to compromise, which in some minds is a dirty word in politics. Yep. I don't think it is. Uh, I think that's really how you get things done. Um, I think we've seen a lot of that lately, at, even at the federal level, where they've gotten some things done, infrastructure and some other things. Um, but you need to work together. I think we all learn that in our own families, uh, whether yeah, you're planning right. Thanksgiving dinner or <laughs> a birthday celebration or a wedding or whatever. Everyone's kind of, you don't always get your own way. You just kind of have to to compromise and, and work together. Sure, there's going to be disagreements and there's going to be even disagreements um, within your friends and your allies and, and, and your political party, that type of thing. But again, it, if you're willing to compromise to, to, to reach the bigger goal, you can be successful. Yeah. That was my question, actually. Oh, get out! Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just seems to me, I'll say this so that you don't have to, uh, the, the art of compromise seems to be lost. If I don't win, I, I stomp my feet and I walk away. See, the art of compromise is, seems to be what you're a master at. I and I, I think that's a compliment, not a negative I thing. Agree. Because the art of compromise is, you, 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 I don't even have to say it. You said family. We do it all day long. Whether I'm let, allowing somebody to merge on, I never let anybody merge. No, who is that kidding? <laughs> who are you kidding? But, but the art of con compromise is always there. And if I don't get what I want, I don't go out screaming. I hear we all compromised. So we all walk out of this room saying the same, singing the, off the same page versus, yeah. well, I didn't really like what I got there, but I compromised. You know, I think you're a master. And again, I use that as a compliment at the art of compromise because we've had success. So it has to be, I know it's not just you, but it's all of the people you are able to kind of engage in compromise. Well, I'll use a football analogy. Sure. You have the ball. You want to score a touchdown on every play. But if you get a five-yard gain, an eight-yard gain, a 15-yard gain, you're moving, the, you're yeah. moving the ball down yes. the field. You're moving towards that goal, yeah. even though you didn't score that touchdown on that existing play. So I know as Pittsburghers we can all of course, we can all yeah. identify with that <laughs> with that analogy. But I think there's a lot in politics that, and I'll use a, an example. When I ran for office, one of the and I had 44 um, candidate debates and forums in the year that I ran 12 years ago. Like every group had one: the building owners, the labor unions, the visit Pittsburgh, et cetera, et cetera. And and the one question we got all the time was, when are we going to get the hub back? at the airport. Oh, yeah. when we, we lost US Air, we're gonna get that hub back. We want all those flights back. We had over 100 flights at one point that you could go directly, and we were down to about 36 when I, when I took office. Yeah, we'd like to get them all back at once, but what we've done is we've got one here, 
two there, three there. We're up to almost 70 right now. It's a slow working right. process that you have to work towards that goal. Yep. If we had said, give us all the flights or give us none, we wouldn't be where we are. So yeah. you don't, John, to your point, you can't just take your ball and go home when yep. you don't win the game, but you keep advancing and making things better, even if you don't get it perfect on or you your know, day way. one. Or your, your way, way on day you know? one. Yeah, yeah, because who's to say what's the right? You know, there really isn't a right. Right. There's there's your way, there's your way, and there's middle of the way. The middle person. I think I found your job after you retire is that I'm gonna hire you to be my grandpa. That's not. That's he's younger. <laughs> right. he younger that's than okay, I'm... but he's so wise. He's he's like the the, the he wise, is wise. So no. speaking of that, we have a couple like uh, rapid fires. Do you have a rapid fire Do it. too? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you like Primanti sandwiches? Yes. Uh, is that a true answer? Like no, I don't, it's it's, it's right. I, I don't like Primanti's, so I, I love. I go. I mean, I go back to the days before Primanti's was a chain. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, everywhere. sure. Uh -huh. I mean, and maybe it says yep. about my age and my, you know, <laughs> my generation. But I remember staying up late, hanging out with your friends at certain establishments right. that served certain type of beverages. <laughs> right. And at closing hour, you wanted to get something to eat. You went down to the strip district and got at the Permanis, the original one yeah. right there. Right. Before there was again all the ones all, all over. Them. So I go, I go back to those. Do you days. remember the pie guy? We put this question up on Facebook and nobody remembers nobody the pie remembers. guy. He came out of Permanis and looked over to the left, and there was a guy with a pickup truck or a van stacked with pies. I don't and because this. you had, See, in, I, I had invibed or I had a thing. I can't believe nobody remembers this, but I, we would buy pies for no good reason. We were already full, but we bought a whole in the apple pie, lot where, eat it on the way home. That is fingers. not registering with yeah, me. But I can't find any. I would have loved to have done that, but hey, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have passed it up. But I, I just it doesn't. Uh, I don't remember. What about favorite? Pittsburgh tradition we know it's it's a difficult one I know you have eight kids you wouldn't want to choose one of them but if you first answer to come uh the Mazeroski home run day oh you know, yeah. I didn't know you did that oh yeah. I've done that every year for really? yeah since they've started or what they started 30 years ago yeah I just think that's such a, a just a great Pittsburgh St. Patrick's Day parades yeah. another one there's right. probably so many it'd probably be hard to hard to pick um but the Labor Day parades another another good one I'd say opening day of baseball season is yeah, kind of like that, that rebirth of, of yeah. it's spring. Yes. It's, you know, like yeah. it's kind of you come through winter and all that type of thing. But that that day of of, of the home run where, where Pittsburghers come and gather around the wall, yeah. which is yeah. kind of become like a shrine to baseball. Yeah. And they replay the That's game. Cool. I just find that. And then at 335 or whatever, he hits the home run again. And everybody cheers like it was, you know, <laughs> like it happened all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, took part in that twice so far. I, I absolutely love it. All right, let's dig a little deeper. Favorite cartoon character? That's not Pittsburgh, John. I don't, I don't know. You might have to Rachel's retire your Pittsburgh card. Wow. I, 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 I'm, Growing draw, up. I'm drawing a blank. All right. Drawing a blank, I would have been watching I know, Bugs Bunny, the okay. Flintstones, right. um, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, All right. What is your typical routine? Like, you're getting here. Is there that thing that you do every day that they go, there's Rich doing that thing again? Like, are you, are you a person of um, repetition? Like, you can't start your day without doing something. Well, in the morning, what I, what I do when I wake up is I, uh, I I do the elliptical every day. Do you? Yeah, I watch Morning Joe. Mm -hmm. um, so typically, I'm on there about six o'clock or so. Do it for about an hour. Then I, you know, you know, get get ready, get everything ready for the for the morning. I'm always checking the phone, so that's always a part. Like what text came in, what email came in, what phone call, et cetera. Um, and then I come into the office. I come into the courthouse. 
Uh, usually check with, with Amy to see if there's anything that we need to answer right away or my chief of staff, Jennifer Liptak, uh, just to see what issues are there. Because you never know what they're going right. to be. I can tell you that. I mean, it's just, you know, every day there's there's a different thing. Um, you know, I'll go in and check the mail, the, the paper mail. I've obviously already checked the uh, the, the phone with the email. Um, you maybe grab a cup of coffee and then begin the day. And it just depends what is scheduled. A lot of times uh, there's breakfast meetings that have been scheduled. Like sure. the Chamber of Commerce will have, uh, you know, do, come and do the state of the county and talk about issues that are that are coming about. Um, whether in a, in a couple of weeks, the African-American Chamber of Commerce always has their first meeting in January. And I always have appeared at that for the last 11 or 12 years. Um, events like that, that, that then start to take on the day there might be a groundbreaking or a ribbon cutting or a tour that we're making of some development to take a look and see um, what's something that we can, we can support and we can be part of. So it just every day is going to be a little bit different, okay. but that's probably the routine where I come in, check the so mail, get the routine. coffee. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm fairly super routine. Yeah. And I will tell you, like a lot of people during COVID, it became very difficult because some people worked at home. It wasn't me. I couldn't do that very well. So it was still important for me to come in. Um, we'd have meetings where I wouldn't be as close as I am to you. We'd be spread out, sure. in, even in this room, um, where people came in to work. But I kind of needed that routine because yeah. it allowed me to, you know, I don't know if I could have just sat at home in my pajamas right. or sweats and, right. and been as productive. Yeah, I so hated that time, too. We had when to people make, say they liked it, I could not understand it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. Some people, you know, yeah, enjoyed it. But, you know, it came in. And during that time, almost every day I was talking to Dr. Bogan. Yeah, I mean, right. we, we would be, sure. she would be updating me on what new thing has come out, the vaccine, the distribution, all the different things that we lived through during that, that two year period. So, but we still kept a fairly routine where we would be in the office doing our things. The only thing that changed was at five o'clock or so I would go home. Um, that didn't happen of the other 10 years of the 12 years I've been every usually there's events at night that yeah we go right. to and right you know different things that go on yeah. but during that year and a half two year period no events went on the weekends there were right. no events that went on and um just went home favorite breakfast nook in the area <laughs> maybe barb's country kitchen in lawrenceville is that right yeah i've okay. never, been never, there. never been there favorite view of the city when uh, and i get to do this because of the job i have but coming off of the west busway Mm -hmm. As you're coming around that bend and you come down that hill, the view of the city of Pittsburgh, you get to view the the point and all the buildings. Uh, if you come at a certain day, time of day, like when the sun is rising or whatever, it is an absolutely spectacular. But there's a lot of great views. There are a lot yeah. of great views. I mean, views. whether you're yeah. on Mount Washington, whether you're wherever, there, there's just some beautiful, yeah. West End Overlook's yeah. another great one. There's a place in Fine View too, I have to say. A girlfriend of mine lived there. Oh, fantastic. It's crazy. You don't think of it for Fine View. Well, we, some we great... found another one, that uh, museum up in Fox Chapel. The Bar uh, Baranoff Museum. Have you ever been there? No. It's you a mansion that was oh dedicated. God. They only give so many tours. But in Fox you're Chapel. looking down it's, the river towards the city. It's a complete it's opposite Chapel, view. Though. It's like O'Hara Township it's Aspen, or something uh, like that. It? It's so like something like that. Baronhoff Museum. Well, a couple of the most beautiful views are part of our trails. And I will tell you. Oh, yeah. I will tell mm -hmm. you, if you go over the Riverton Bridge down in McKeesport. Okay. As you're coming across, you're, you're on the trail, and you cross from the Duquesne side of the, the river over to the McKeesport side of the river. Uh, it was a bridge that U.S. Steel donated to the Great Allegheny Passage to be able to, for people to have that trail. 
up and down both sides of the river are fantastic. Oh, wow. And I'll give you another one that's gonna that's go, that's beautiful and going to be more beautiful, the Brilliant Bridge, which crosses the Highland the the, the Allegheny River right near the Highland Park I know Bridge. Exactly what you mean. I've walked across that you know, as we're trying we're purchasing it and gonna build a, build a trail on there. The view up and down the Allegheny River is just breathtaking and yeah. spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How about that? Rich Fitzgerald, I Allegheny know. County so- Chief Executive number three Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And really, quite honestly, thank you for, uh, we said this to Bill Peduto when he left office, like, thank you for playing along with us. You know, we have this weird name of you, Jagoff, and we can be, maybe people get, oh, get nervous about that. But you you have always co- sort of went along with it. I think he's are, helped build it. Really he's helped build the brand that, that you, it's not schlocky. That you, uh, yeah, that we, you know, made us not look schlocky, be honest with yeah. you. So well, we first really of all, appreciate I appreciate it. I appreciate you, you, you coming in and as we kick off, and you know, a new year and, you know, hope springs eternal as we turn the pa- calendar page, et cetera. But there's no doubt that you two are Pittsburghers. Oh, Regardless of what you jag off or whatever, you, <laughs> you, you embody, you know, what, and generationally, you know, mm-hmm. your father, your mom, I mean, just, you're part of that fabric. And one of the things that I try to impart or at least pass along is for this new generation to understand what Pittsburgh's about. Yep. There's a whole new group of people that are moving in. And I've got a couple kids, as I said, live in Lawrenceville. And as I walk down Butler Street, not a lot of them recognize me, which is okay. Because sure. they, they just moved here and <laughs> sure. you know, and I look around and I think, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad you moved yes. to Pittsburgh and you're you're experiencing and I hope they get some of the tradition, some of the culture, some of the the things, the ethnicity, the things that, you know, we 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 pride ourselves and, and prize to have. And um, your communication of that uh, and as you interview different people in different parts of the county, different parts of this region, I think embody that. So keep up the good work and we'll help if, you wherever we can. You. One final thing, if you maybe you just said it, I don't know, if you could shake the hand of every Allegheny Countyan as you go out the door, what would you say to them? Oof. Stay here. <laughs> nice. Stay here. Yeah. And, and, and I say this, I hear it all the time when I go out there, when I speak to school groups. Um, we need your talent here. So when you get out of school, Yachty, whatever education, and you're ready to go out into the world and do your thing, whatever that thing is, we want your talents to be here. And I say the same thing to the parents, like, hey, tell your kids to be here. And I tell the grandparents, tell your grandchildren to be here. So we want, we want this place to be everything it can be, and we need everybody to, to be part of it. Thank you so much. What for a quote. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you to Amy, because she's not only a dear friend of mine, but she certainly is a uh, such a huge support system that makes everything kind of go flawlessly. We never even know that there's any issues, right? Rich, we <laughs> usually have music that takes us out, yeah, so no, we didn't can bring you a please band. pick up the bagpipes? Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> no. we did get Franco Harris to sing once, but Right, we, know, we did. Thank you, know. you to Rorik Honda, thanks to Monica, and thank you to Amy and Rich. We really appreciate it. Next week, we start our fireplace tours. Can't wait. Thanks for being with us.